0: So when did you jump in uh, to Igniter?
1: It was uh, 2006. Okay. In fact, I just finished 15 years.
0: Wow. Congratulations.
1: Thanks. I, I mean, the appeal for me to make the jump, to leave where I had been and, and go work for Igniter was getting to work with Rob and Jeff. Like that was the, that was the thing, right? Like uh, Jeff and I had a great relationship in community, like getting to have more of that on a, on a more regular basis. I mean, it made the decision.
0: Not only did Clint work at Igniter, he was also in Jeff's community group, which is why he was the one who got the text. I'm Aaron Rose, and this is Kingdom Come, a Sound of a Rose podcast.
1: He um, texted me, I think it was just me, I guess he was on the plane. He texted me and said, hey, get the community group guys together. I think I'll be in town and can be there at twelve forty five. So I did. I, I I honestly I think the text said I, I have some stuff I need to process with you guys. So it's like, okay, well that's what we're gonna do. I mean, clearly it was important in the sense that it interrupted everyone's, you know, work day and whatever else they had going on, but
2: on our way to Tony Robbins, we had decided, hey, we need to print business cards, you know, you might meet some other entrepreneurs, you might be able to develop some relationships and Rob and I had stopped using business cards like seven, eight years before. But at the last minute, it was so last minute that we had to design them and to get them overnighted to Florida. I'm on the airplane ride home. I've already sent the text to my community group, and there was this weird kind of thought that hit my brain of, you know, sometimes you, you know, I think for good reasons, you can feel an affection towards your senior pastor, and our senior pastor at the time was, was Todd Wagner, and I just, as I w- was kind of sitting on the airplane, I just kind of prayed, man, I would love for my pastor to pray for me, and... Um, So there was a part of me that's like, man, I hope I see Todd. And so it was just this weird thing. I prayed it. And then I was like, that's stupid. You know, who cares? So I've got these business cards in my backpack. I'm praying to meet my pastor and show up at the church with my community group. And um, Todd can be in a million places. And he's not necessarily just walking around in the town hall area of our church where there's a coffee shop and all that. But literally, I walk into the town hall area and the first person I see is Todd I don't know if he feels like he sees me, but it looks like we immediately made eye contact. And uh, and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. I prayed that a moment like this would happen. And he begins kind of walking towards me. He's a little bit with a group of people, but out in front of them a little bit. And, and I'm kind of walking towards him. And then at the last second, I'm a coward. I'm like, it's Todd, he's busy. And I walk right past him. Five seconds after I walk past him, I hear Todd go, "Hey, hey, Parker, do you got a business card? I remember kind of looking back at Todd and the first thought in my mind was like, no, I don't have a business card. I, I don't carry those things. And then I was like, wait, I do have a business card. And uh, and so, yeah, he's like, well, come over here, bring a business card. And so he he's with a little group of people and he introduces me to them that they're interested in videos for churches. And he goes, man, give them your business card, Jeff, and I'd love to connect them to Igniter. And then they kind of, kind of went off for a second and it's literally just me and Todd right now. And so I told Todd what I was there for and, you know, tears in my eyes. And he just said, man, let me pray for you. And so he prays for me. He doesn't know the full story of what I'm going to confess, but he could, I'm sure, tell it was pretty serious in the moment. And I sit down with my community guys and I just, man, the only thing in my head was I want them to know 100% because uh, I wanted to be 100% free. And I knew that if I only told 99% of the story, that that would produce 0% freedom.
0: And hearing all this information for the first time, Clint talks about his perspective on the meeting. I
1: think my main function at that time was understanding. I think everyone in there was encouraged by Jeff, primarily by the fact that he confessed this. This wasn't something that was discovered. This wasn't something that was teased out slowly over a long period of time. This was was words spilling out of an abundance of the Lord moving in his heart. So immediately, like the stage is set for us to encourage him for us to, like, yes, we want to step up and walk alongside with you through this. We want to be there. We, we will step into the role of managing your finances for a period of time. We will step into the role of the next few difficult conversations that you have to have.
2: They did an incredible job of just listening and thinking through not what was their next steps to process their hurt, But, hey, what's the next level of confession? Who's the next person that needs to hear this confession? Immediately, it was, hey, we need to go tell your wife.
3: The day they were coming home, the kids had the kids make it like, welcome home, Daddy, Banner, and like put it up. And I was going to make chicken and dumplings because he loves that. But I wasn't feeling very well. I had like a little bit of a cold. So I laid down to take a nap that afternoon. And then I got a call from Allie Penuel.
0: Ali is in Jeff and Stacey's community group, along with her husband, David, who's referred to as Peniel.
3: I knew that it was going to be life-changing. I knew that it was there was going to be a before and an after. Peniel sort of let it out. He was like, he started with just like, okay, I'm just going to give us a little framework here, and then I'm going to let Jeff fill in. It's like, as he was going, I was like, okay, that's bad, but okay. And then, he, and then when he said, and he's been stealing money from the company... To the tune of Six Figures I think is what he said and I was just like no well and then Jeff talked and kind of shared a little bit more and he was very emotional and um, um, so I could like I could already see a change I think in just the way that he was communicating and his um. Humility and um, just honesty and all of that was just, I don't know, just so at the forefront. There was no like excuse making and there was no hedging and there was no, um, it was just, I mean, it was ugly. It was just, the truth was so ugly. And he didn't like back away from that, um, even though it was really, really painful to share that.
2: You know, my wife's crying. I have no idea what she's going to say. She's struggling to form words. You know, but just the first words out of her mouth were... Uh,
3: I'm really sad, but I'm not without hope. So I think just receiving that news, surrounded by people that loved us, that I knew like, we're just physically present to show me that we were loved and we were supported. You know, seeing Jeff be loved by them.
2: That was just kind of a, a moment of you know um god might be able to redeem this you know it's a sweet moment um in the sense of look i know i'm dropping a bomb in my wife's life right it's the i'd say one of the lies that i believed in not confessing was man you're going to hurt a lot of people by confessing right and and there's actually a lot of truth in that, right? I mean, when you confess, and especially stuff that I'm doing, of course that's going to hurt people. But the lie that I believed in that is that God couldn't handle the hurt, right? I felt like I had to handle the hurt for my wife and for Rob, as if I was almost doing God a favor, as if he's not big enough and sovereign enough to handle their pain, as if he couldn't
0: handle um, them running to, to him. Soon after all this, Rob's wife, Haley, gets a call.
4: Clint calls me, and he says, I can't reach Rob. And I said, okay, he's taking a nap. I'll go wake him up. So I went in, and I woke Rob up, and I said, Clint needs to reach you. And he goes, right now? And I was like, yeah, he needs to talk to you right now.
5: I get a text that basically says, hey, Rob, Jeff... Stacy and uh, his community group would like to have a meeting with you, Haley, and your community group uh, tonight at 7 p.m. And I I just remember reading that like, oh man.
4: He goes, what do you think it's about? And I was like, I don't know. He goes, maybe it's about what Jeff was struggling with or whatever. Both of us are like so confused, can't even figure out what it is.
5: I just remember saying to Haley, this is either about sex or money. And I just remember thinking and feeling, just let it be about whatever requires the least work.
4: I just remember hearing Rob say something like, I just hope it's not bad enough that I have to fire him.
5: We arrived at 7 p.m. and we gathered. Um, We gathered around the fireplace area that we have in our new space. And we were just in a big circle. And I was nervous. Again, in my head, I'm thinking, please don't be too big. Just please don't be too big. He basically started with, uh, I need to confess something. And he's, he started talking about something that happened in 2008. So it's 2015 at the time. So I'm thinking, okay, that was a long time ago. And he starts to basically say uh, that he went to Las Vegas. He was there with buddies. They were eating dinner. Everybody put cash in to pay for their, their meal.
4: I, I just kept looking at Rob. Like, I just kept thinking, I, I'm just praying for him in my head and just trying to process what Jeff's saying and the first thing he said was not that big of a deal.
5: Jeff took all their cash and put down the company credit card and he covered the whole meal but he took their money.
4: And I was like okay Rob's not going to have trouble forgiving that.
5: I remember feeling relieved. I was like that's okay I can forgive that. Okay we, you know we all do things. But then he said and that was the first Thing that happened that led to seven years worth of taking money from the company.
4: I just remember my heart going to my feet and, um, and honestly, just devastated for him. Like at that point, I don't think I had my own emotions. I think I was, it was all for my husband.
5: And then he started kind of listing some things he had done, checks he had written himself. He did, he wasn't even sure how much.
4: And the betrayal of it, I think, was bigger than um, just trying to make sense of it. But it wasn't, at that point, I just felt like I was a bystander just there. And I remember looking at Stacy, looking at Jeff, looking at Rob.
5: I think that's when I kind of went numb. I, I just, as he's saying it, I'm just listening. And he finished. You know, people, Stacy's crying, his wife. And The meeting just kind of ended with, uh, all right, well, I'm going to go spend time with my community group now. Um, I gave him a hug and we left. We went to my house, my community guys and Haley and I went to my my house and we got to the house. The first thing that we discussed was, Rob, you know, you're going to have to fire him, right? And I just remember even hearing that, even though part of me was like, of course, I have to, wait, wait, I have to fire him? I have to fire Jeff? Jeff was so integrated into our company. People saw he and I as the, the people who ran the company, and I have to fire him? I, at first, I couldn't comprehend that. I, but I agreed, you're right, we, I, this is a serious thing. And I think that's where the the, the first time we, we used the word embezzlement. Um, I'm not sure that it was used earlier, I can't remember, but the idea that, wait, this is embezzlement. Th- this is money taken illegally from a company.
4: And the guys were like, just talking to Rob about it. And at one point, Rob just had to get up and go to the bathroom. Like he just had to get away for a second. And when he went away, all my strength left, I think. I just sobbed. And I was like, this is, I just remember telling Wes Butler, this is going to wreck him. This is going to kill him.
0: Wes, a member of Robin Haley's community group, recounts that night.
6: You know, the benefit of community, right, is that, uh, one of many, is you have other brothers and sisters who can stand outside of the the emotions of the moment, experiencing them differently, uh, Not b- because we're not robots, right? We still are hurting for our friend, empathizing with him. And yet it was clear that there was a drunk person in the room, two drunk people in the room. That was Robin Haley, you know, uh, inebriated on the emotions of the moment. You know, I think our role at that point in time was just to do a couple of things. One is just to listen and let them emote. And then me and the other guys just going, okay, we don't have to make any decisions right now.
2: I think the weight of all of it, just everyone's in a fog at some level of, man, where do you go from here? How do you pick up the pieces? It's painful. Um, I just remember going to bed that night and the Lord I think it was the Lord, right? Um, Just whispering, you were faithful today. Rest easy. I probably slept better than I had in a long time, even though right? I knew pain was awaiting me in the morning in other ways. I just felt like for the first day, I've been faithful.
5: So the next day, um, we had some things we know we needed to do that day. First, I needed to communicate with Jeff, you're no longer an employee here. I need to let you go. You're fired. Um, which again, I'm numb to this, going, I can't believe I'm doing this. Uh, and then the team is waiting for us to get back. And I don't, wh- what, how am I going to tell the team this? And I wanted Jeff to come up and tell the team himself. And he wanted to do that as well. And so he came over to my house. I wrote some stuff out, make sure I said it well, and just basically said, you're no longer going to be at this company. And second, We need to go up to the company and you're going to tell everybody that because what you've done to me, you've done to them too.
2: I wasn't ready. You know, I was more scared than anything. And Rob was like, look, I I want you to be able to tell your side of it. But if not, I mean, you know, they're going to hear it today. And so I kind of decided, okay, let's
5: go tell the company. We went up to to the office. Hadn't been there for like two weeks, you know, because we were away. And then we are like, hey, we need to have a quick company meeting in, in the uh, theater. We have a theater there. We're like, let's all, we need to all meet there. They have no idea what we're there for other than, you know, I think we, we celebrate these things. And, and we have a great team. At the time, there, there's probably about 20 of us. And so we're in the theater. Jeff and I walk in. People are Clapping. People are like, welcome back. You know, like, this is exciting. And not only is the team there, but uh, uh, Bron Brown comes. Uh, I can't remember who all was there. It's fuzzy. I think Haley was there. David Pinell, maybe Wes Butler. And, and so these were people that were kind of surrounding us. Both of our community groups, in, uh, including Bron Brown, would, just got involved. And we had some other guys get involved as well just to help us. But they were just there to support us. They were there to help communicate. And so everybody kind of calms down, you know. Hey, welcome back. I'm like, guys, um, I don't know how to say this. Uh, this is going to be a hard thing to say, but um, this is actually a sad day. And just basically went into the the, the fact that uh, Jeff is no longer going to be with us at this company. The feeling in the room, not only for me, but I, for everyone, it, there was it was just a shock. And then Jeff um, spoke for a little while.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to get through it. I'm trying to, you know, the word is just be faithful, right. Is what I'm thinking. And, uh, I don't want to excuse my behavior. I want to call it for what it is. Um, you know, you know, I, I remember, I mean, I just remember seeing tears for the most part. I mean, I'm sure there was all sorts of emotions being felt there may have, but I just remember seeing tears. I mean, I think for the most part, they cared for me. Uh, we kind of circled up and, uh, They prayed for me, uh, you know, kind of a hands on shoulders thing and, uh, you know, sweet. It it left in a sweet place.
5: Uh, And then I left and and the meeting kept going, but without me. And so we kind of stayed in that meeting. Um, I I spoke on some things that I think where I'm at, I told them where I'm at, guys, I don't know what to feel right now. This is going to be uh, incredibly hard but I trust the Lord. I mean, those were basically the things I was able to say.
2: It's, it's funny. It was so encouraging, the meeting with the company, spending time with Rob, the community, right? There was pain. There was, I knew there was a ton ahead. I could only do what was in front of me at that moment, and I felt like I did it with integrity. Uh, and, you know, I woke up the next day. Uh, at this point now, it's January 21st, and it's... Uh, you know, 530 in the morning, maybe I just was like, you know, it's time to start getting into my Bible and wake up early. Don't have a job to go to. Don't exactly know where to turn to in my Bible. So I just turned to the proverb of the day, literally. I mean, just Proverbs 21. That's all I knew to turn to at the time. And, uh, I started reading and Proverbs 21, six says the acquisition of treasure by a lying tongue is fleeting vapor. It's the pursuit of death. And, uh, you know, just in that moment, I'm uh, you know, 30 seconds into reading my Bible for, in any meaningful way for at least seven years, and I just remember going, oh my gosh, dude, that's my story. I've just done that for the last seven years. And that moment on, I just was like, man, I want to devour this book. It's got something for my life.
5: One of the feelings I was feeling at the time was um, I was feeling stupid. I was feeling almost shameful. I was feeling this feeling of, why did I not know this was happening? I'm so dumb. He could have done anything he wanted. I'd never know because one, I wasn't checking the finances. If it's my money, I should be in some form of accountability to the money. And I just wasn't. And so I felt dumb. I felt like, man, I don't, who am I to run a company? And a couple of days went by and um, I remember going, he was in charge of all the finances. It's the, the end of January. I, I, I don't know the state of our finances. Tax? Like,
0: wait, do we owe? What do we owe? How are we going to pay this? How are we going to... Who's watching this? Wes Butler and Rob's community group tried to care for his friend by posing a possible solution.
6: At the time, I had a friend who I knew was uh, looking for a job and had some skills in that area as a guy that we had worked with. In fact, I think I reached out to him, uh, just as a consultant, almost just to go, Hey man, help us think through some of the tax implications. And, and then that led to further like, Hey Rob, this might be a guy that you want to consider. My, my community recommended a guy named Caleb Dean. So on
5: Friday of that week, I meet Caleb Dean, uh, for lunch and um, just going, maybe this guy can look at some of our our numbers, our QuickBooks, and tell us, hey, you might want to consider paying this, or you might want to consider whatever. I didn't know. I just was like, so Caleb and I got together, and Caleb started asking me questions, and I didn't have a clue what he's talking about. He's like, well, have you have you filed this thing? Have you checked on this? Do you know? So the tax blah blah blahs due in about two weeks for for all you know LLC companies. You know, he's saying all these things, and I'm listening to him going, I do not have a clue about any of what you're talking about. And so I, the most embarrassing thing happened, he's talking and I start crying. I don't even know this guy. Uh, I just met him. And I just, I can't hold back my tears. I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm doing. And he he said a really kind thing. He goes, well, well, I could help. Let's figure it out. Maybe I can come up to your office one night and Um, So even him saying that, and of course, that makes me cry more, you know, when someone offers to help. And so that actually led to um, a couple more meetings with Caleb where Caleb ended up coming on in a full time staff to our team. And Caleb was on our team for about two years. He was who we needed in that moment. And he got and he started looking at things and, you know, he got to see basically there was a mess. It was a bigger mess than we thought. It, was, it, it wasn't just stolen money. We had credit card debt I was not aware of. We had, uh, there was a lot of disorganization. And I think some of that came because of Jeff was living a dual mindset. And so things were out of whack with our company. We had just bought a building. I mean, all these financial things were just cratering on us. We are not in a healthy place right now as a company.
0: I asked Clint, as an employee of Igniter, how did this affect the company?
1: Well, if you're asking if it was a cloud, the answer is yes. <laughs> so was it handled in health? I don't know. I mean, I think we were honest with our staff. I think we did not shy away from talking about it on an ongoing basis, on a regular basis. And we, I mean, we were willing to entertain just about any conversation someone else on staff wanted
5: to have about it. But it was still a cloud. Meanwhile, we have to figure out, what are we going to require of Jeff? And what am I going to do about this embezzlement? And so I was seeking counsel from not just my community and believers that I surround myself with. I was seeking it from businessmen and my dad and just all, all sorts of people going, what should I do? You know, what, what's the right thing to do? And I got all kinds of advice. I got some that were like, you've got to take this to the police. You've got to press charges for this. Um, he needs to lose his license. You know, uh, if he goes to jail, he goes to jail. Like, these are things I'm hearing. There are certain things that we had to consider when it came to that. By putting it out there publicly, legally, um, it allows for certain protections. At the same time, I had to consider Jeff himself and the fact that I have someone who is repentant he, this is not an unrepentant person. This is someone who basically said the night of, do with me what you will. And he's talking to our, both of our community groups. He's like, I trust you guys and I'll do whatever you guys tell me I, I need to do. Now that is a rarity. Next time on Kingdom Come. I felt like I was pushing a boulder up a hill and there was never relief from it. And it just felt heavy and disgusting. Where do we go from here was really the question. What, what now do I do with my friend Jeff who betrayed me